five, four, three, two, one, boom. We're live. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Yet again. Welcome to episode 15 of Segments. It is your host, Gabriel Hernandez here. Monday, June 25th, 2018. Yes, we're back. We just had one on Sunday. Yes. And now we're back here on a Monday. Beautiful Monday morning. Fucking early. 7.30 currently in the morning, but hey, I'm up, I'm ready, and we have a good show. Great podcast, great show planned today. A lot of exciting things to talk about on today's world of MMA and everything else involved. A lot of exciting stuff, a lot of exciting things, and a lot of exciting news to break, more notably on my side, for the podcast-wise, for all of you guys-wise, I have a special announcement. I'm excited to announce that our podcast is now available on iHeartRadio. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I said iHeartRadio. One of the most popular music streaming apps websites, whatever you want to call it in the world. You know, it's up there with Spotify. It's up there with Pandora. It's like second to Pandora, in my opinion. So iHeartRadio, we're now available on iHeartRadio. You can visit that link. And I have the link in my Instagram bio as well as my Twitter bio, but iHeart.com slash podcast slash 269-gmeekermma show and so on. Like, uh, you guys can't write this down or anything like that. So you're just going to have to follow the links. Their links are all posted. I made sure to post all of those things. It's pretty exciting because, you know, I heart, you know, at first, when I first started this podcast, it was like the hardest thing in the world to spread it out and, you know, let people allow people to know where it, it where it is and how to access it. And that was the longest thing for the longest time. And people weren't able to access this podcast because of that. And it costs a lot of, uh, it costs a lot of uh, unfortunate, like, you know, a lot of people were asking me, what can I do to listen to this podcast? What can I do to be able to hear this podcast? And now it's easier than ever. iHeartRadio, ladies and gentlemen. Just click on over to iHeartRadio. There's a tab on the bottom that says podcast. Just search up the GME MMA show and all of our latest shows, all of our latest things will be up there. And be available for streaming or download. Depends on whichever one you want. But that's an exciting thing. That made me want to do a podcast today. Monday morning here on this brand new episode of Segments. For those people that don't know what Segments is, it's basically like the Jimmy Kurume show. If you look at our other podcasts that we have out there, we got the Joe Rogan Experience and we got Joe Rogan's MMA show. For me, it's backwards. So the G Meeker MMA show, so the Gabe Meeker MMA show, is the main podcast, and segments is what the Joe uh, is what Joe Rogan's MMA show is. It's his second podcast. So this is our second podcast, and this is the second one that we're going to be doing. We do this one quite often too. So like I said, we're going to sit back and relax, and we'll, we'll talk. We're going to talk. We're just going to relax. We're going to chill today. We got we had a lot of interesting things to talk about. As well as, um, you know, some exciting news. Oh. And, you know, 
All right, starting off, Habib Nurmagomedov says that the UFC is actively working on a fight with him versus Conor McGregor. Finally. Um, what do I think of this fight? I think this is an excellent fight. It, it definitely has a lot of steam to it, considering what's happened in the last few months with Conor McGregor and Habib, you know, from the bus incident, you know, from Habib punking, Habib and his team punking Artem Lobov, and, um, you know, while he was alone, from Conor throwing the, throwing the dolly at the bus, trying to get at Habib, you know, get revenge, get back at him, and, you know, I hate to admit it, but it does create a lot of promo for this fight. I said that back when that first happened. So that creates a lot of promo for the fight. Unfortunately, it does. And it makes for a great fight. You know, regardless of what of what happens, you know, regardless of the incidents that happened that day, it does create for a great and exciting fight. You know, I don't know. You know, the promotion with Conor McGregor, that's the thing. The promotion with Conor... You know, Connor is a promotion machine. You know, he knows how to sell a fight. And the UFC's biggest numbers have come from fights that Connor is headlining and all that. And it makes for an exciting fight. Uh, exciting fight, an exciting event. And it's going to create a lot of big numbers, obviously. You know, look at, look at the career of Habib Nurmagomedov. He's undefeated. He's 26-0. and 0. He, He's one of the most dominant fighters on the planet. And it was rumored that Connor was to be the, get the next shot at whoever wins against Tony versus Habib, formerly Tony versus Habib. And now that Connor is isn't here, uh, now that Tony isn't a part of the uh, the the picture right now because he did hurt his knee and he's still recovering from it. But now you got Connor and Habib in the mix. Obviously, Connor still has another court hearing to come back to in July in New York. Uh, I think it's New York. Was it New York? What did he do? No, I think he, well, whatever, wherever the fuck he is, I think it is New York. I'm overthinking here, but um, whatever he has to do with New York and 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 he has to deal with all that, you know, get his court, get his court stuff out of the way. Whatever the punishments he has coming up, um, we don't know what's gonna happen with him just yet. So the UFC could, uh, you know, has to pump the brakes on that. Any fight fans excited and super excited about this? has to pump the brakes because we really don't know what's going to happen with these two guys just yet but it's an excellent fight you know stylistically it's an interesting fight because you look at the kind of pace Habib puts on people and you know Connor has fallen prone to people that can push the pace a la Nate Diaz you look at Nate Diaz's constant pressure on him in both fights you know Connor necessarily didn't have the best cardio going into to the, a lot of the later rounds in the deep water of that you know Habib can do that all day and all night you know he did that with Ali Quinta He's done that with every single other opponent, you know, with ruthless takedowns, ruthless, um, ruthless ground and pound. You know, he also has knockout power as well. But, you know, the thing is, you know, Habib isn't the most polished striker on the planet. And he is facing, he is going to face a guy with some of the most precision, you know, accurate strikes on the planet. You know, it's just a matter of if Connor can land those kind of strikes against a guy who's coming forward on him. And, you know, Khabib does have a chin. And a lot of the speculation, a lot of the criticisms is that Habib holds his head high. So you held your head high, you come in a little reckless, you can get caught. So when we were matchmaking, maybe like 
a few months ago or maybe like a while ago because you know i like to match make in my head and think about the possible scenarios that can go down when it, when it happens but how is connor gonna fare against habib you know if habib comes in reckless he can get caught he can get knocked out and if he gets knocked out then you know that's gonna be due to him coming in recklessly but you know habib's a smart guy and he obviously knows what he's going up against and you know he gets his hands on Conor McGregor one time. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bad night for 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 the notorious one, you know, because he has been prone, like I said, to fall fall short to people like that. You know, he's never really faced a solid wrestler like that. He's faced a wrestler. He solved the problem of the wrestler. You know, obviously beating Chad Mendez and all that, beating Eddie Alvarez. You know, solving those puzzles. I mean, the last time we seen him in the octagon, he became the UFC lightweight champion. But since then, he has been inactive. Obviously, he went back and fought Floyd Mayweather and all that. You know, we can't we can't take that away from you know. It's a fantastic performance. You know, he was up a couple rounds, a good a good amount of rounds against uh, against Floyd Money Mayweather, and uh, he did he did good for a little bit of time. You know, he tired out. You know, he got a little bit tired later on in the fight, and that's what happens. You know, with Connor, you know, you know, he tires out a little bit later on in the fight. It definitely is an, an unfortunate, uh, it's an unfortunate thing, but you know, he, he is obviously one of the UFC's biggest draws, if not the current biggest draw. I mean, there was Ronda Rousey at one point. She's retired. Brock Lesnar at one point in time, he's retired. Could be coming back after UFC 226 was rumored to see him fight. We'll talk about that a little bit later too, but, um, you know, Connor's the biggest draw right now. And we, the UFC, like Ariel was saying, he need, we, UFC needs him the most right now. So if they are working on this lightweight title fight, that would be an excellent fight. I mean, Connor obviously is a solid guy. He hasn't, he hasn't been sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. I mean, if you look at his Instagram actively, he's actively training. He's actually getting better. And we only know he, he posts. So we, honestly, we can speculate all we want here. We can speculate. We can talk about Whatever it is we think he's doing on the outside, but in reality, we only know so much. You know, he's training a day in and day out with some of the best people in the world. You know, his, his camp's one of the best camps in the world, obviously, SBG Ireland. He's got great guys like Dylan Dennis, but it's just a matter of, like, you know, you can train all you want. But for me, like a guy like Habib, it's going to be a dangerous kind of guy to fight and a dangerous guy to go up against each and every time. I mean, Habib's a dangerous guy. Habib is a dangerous dangerous motherfucker i mean his his ability to smother you his ability to shut you down his ability to you know make you feel uncomfortable multiple times and the fact is ladies and gentlemen he doesn't get tired so when habib doesn't get tired it's it's a it's a dangerous it's a dangerous game for when someone who does get tired versus someone who has ruthless cardio for five rounds he can do it for 10 rounds. He said he'll fight Connor and Tony and both on the same night. He just needs an hour rest. Give him an hour rest and he'll come out there and maul them. That's a little unrealistic, but, you know, Habib's a warrior. I'm Dagestanian cowboy. Definitely is one of those guys that you don't want to be in there with and not be on, be at your 100%. You know, all respects to Ally Quinta, but, you know, that was a mismatch, in my opinion. You know, Habib, Habib showed why he's one of the craziest fighters on the planet. Like, in a good way, you know, he's ruthless. He comes forward. His wrestling is, is second to none, you know, first to none, if anything. You know, he, he comes in like a, a man on a mission every single time, and he takes your head off. You know, he just doesn't stop. He's a, an absolute nightmare. If you're not prepared, obviously, conditioning-wise for a guy like 
uh, Habib. It's going to be a dangerous night, but, you know, Connor can catch him definitely on any point, any, any point in time of any point in time for, like, at any point in time of the fight, he can catch you. That's the thing. I'm, I'm basically saying he can catch you. And this is a fight game. Anything could happen. You know, we've seen we've seen a lot of things happen. We've seen a lot of things go down and, and, and craziest, crazier things happen than that. But, you know, it's a fight game. I can't wait for this one. And I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with both these guys. And I'm going to see what happens. Obviously, like I said, we got this whole thing happening with the UFC um, with well, with the with the New York with New York, we have the whole his whole court situation currently going down right now, so we don't really know what's going to happen with Connor right now until his court hearing and what happens after that. But then everything else should be a little bit more clear. So I'm going to pump the brakes on being so excited about a fight night currently coming, but we will wait and we will see what happens with Connor in the next few months, or well within the next month because July is right around the corner. All right, up next, Kevin Lee. Wants a 165-pound weight class division. Not only does he want a 165-pound division, he wants to fight George St. Pierre for the first, for the vacant, for the inaugural 165-pound division. What the fuck would the weight class be called? What do I think of this matchup? First and foremost, I think that it's an excellent matchup. Obviously, Kevin Lee's a young gun wants to take down the legend GSP. You know, GSP is one of the one of the pioneers of the sport, one of the best fighters on the planet. For George to take this fight, I, I, it would have to be some serious bucks behind it. And I understand that's what Kevin Lee would want. And, and it sounds like a good idea, you know, to implement the 165-pound division, you know, for those big guys that fight at 155, cutting from 180-plus down to 155, it's got to be catastrophic, you know, the weight cuts have got to be crazy, you know, we've seen all these guys, you know, we've seen the bad weight cuts, we've seen some of the videos, we've seen some of the fighters talk about it, and unfortunately, outside of the UFC, we've seen fighters have died due to bad weight cuts, and that's why, you know, weight cuts need to be a lot safer, people need to be fighting closer to where their natural weight is at, so they're not cutting a crazy amount of weight. And, and, and it, you know, it kills your body. Your body fails sometimes. Sometimes people don't make it. Don't make their weight. Don't make the weight because, you know, their body just shuts down and they're just too big and too strong, too too muscular to cut the weight that they're cutting. So there, I have no problem with this 165-pound weight class. Um, For George, it's going to have to, for you, we, the last time we've seen George was against Michael Bisping. And before that, we hadn't seen George in four years. Obviously, he was, you know, having some problems, you know, he re- he didn't really retire, but, you know, he announced a little bit, you know, he needed to take a break. That was after he defeated Johnny Hendricks by split decision. I think his first split decision in his entire career, first and only split decision. But George decided to take a little hiatus, a four-year hiatus, and, you know, we haven't seen him ever since. So for George to take this fight, there's going to have to be some serious money involved. It has to be a really big super fight. And I think at this point in time and this point in George's career, he's only going to come back if it's going to be a big fight. A big super fight with a lot of money and something something to add to his, le- add to his legacy, definitely. Could this be the fight to add to his legacy? I don't know currently. I mean, the fact is, if the UFC does, if the UFC does choose to do this, and does choose to 
implement a 165 pound weight class, then that will be uh, that will be good for the UFC as well as George Napier and a bigger a lot bigger of an opportunity for those fighters that you know cut fuck ton of weight from coming from 185 pounds plus maybe even a little bit more down to 155 pounds. That would create a huge, huge, huge opportunity for those fighters, and it would be a lot less of a weight cut, a weight, a lot less of a crazy amount of weight being cut, and a lot less of a crazy ass amount of, you know, a lot, a lot less of uh, of people missing weight, a lot less people, um, you know, a lot less of a danger for these guys. Is Kevin Lee the fight for George St. Pierre? I don't currently know. You know, I feel George, like I said, is like I said earlier, like this like five seconds ago, I feel George, if he comes back, it's going to be a big fight. So, you know, if this fight were to happen, I'm, I'm excited to see it. If it doesn't happen, you know, by all means, you know, Kevin Lee was just speaking his mind. He felt what he, you know, he made some good points, but for him out of all people to have the fight against George St. Pierre, you know, I think if it's going to be someone, it's going to be someone, you know, if someone else who sells, you know, Kevin Lee, you know, he, he's a draw, you know, there's a lot of big fans, a lot of fans, a lot of people behind him, a lot of support, but you know, it's going to have to be a bigger name than Kevin Lee to fight George St. Pierre. Cause you're not this point. George St. Pierre obviously fought Michael Bisping. Michael Bisping is a pioneer in the sport. You know, he's been former UFC middleweight champion, obviously now, you know, potential hall of famer. And, uh, you know, he's been in the sport for quite some time. Um, He's fought in a lot of the best guys. He won the Ultimate Fighter. He's one of the biggest names in the sport. He talked about George for the longest time. You know, he's sell. He's a sellable fight. You know, it was a big fight. You know, George came back, fought Michael Bisping. Obviously, defeated Michael Bisping was a was a great fight. Um, but you know, definitely was a interesting interesting um, point made by Kevin Lee. So. Whatever the UFC chooses to do with this, I'm, I'm all game for it. Um, we would like to see George St. Pierre return. We don't know if it's anytime soon against two or anything like that. But whatever the UFC is doing, whatever the UFC, UFC plans, I'm game for it. Okay. Okay, the UFC came out with, uh, you know how the UFC has a social media, you know, talking, disputing that if Daniel Cormier was the greatest of all time, obviously, a.k.a. the GOAT. John Jones had something to say about it. You know, let me quote it. Because, you know, obviously Jones saying that, you know, um, you know, that he basically beat Cormier. But Cormier responds with, you know, you you out of the picture because you failed for steroids. You popped for steroids. And ever since USADA has been around, you've only fought twice. You know, that, that seems so weird. You know, 2000, since 2015, John Jones has only fought twice. He's been out for quite a amount of time. You know, obviously, that one point in time, he came back against Olven St. Preux, dominated Olven St. Preux, but, you know, he didn't, he hasn't fought in a while. You know, the greatest, quote-unquote, the greatest light heavyweight of all time hasn't fought because of his stuff with USADA, because of his suspensions and everything else. And, you know, it's an unfortunate thing for John. You know, who knows what the hell John's doing outside of a, outside of, you know, the sport, you know, who knows what he's doing, you know, who knows if he really is guilty for all those things, but so far nothing has happened, and, you know, John is still suspended, so 
you know, there's really no argument right now. Cormier is one of the greatest fighters of all time, and he currently is. You know, obviously, he didn't he didn't fail any drug any any drug tests or anything like that. He's been there. You know, it's not his fault that John failed for the test that he uh, failed the test in USADA, and you know, has been popped multiple times in his in his career now. It's not his fault. You know, Cormier is only doing what he's what he's supposed to do. You know, he's fighting. He's obviously the champion because John wasn't eligible to become the champion or be the champion because he was stripped of his of his belt because of his actions. You know, because of all the things that he's been doing outside the outside of the octagon, whether it's you know the pregnancy, you're hitting the pregnant woman, um, you know, getting arrested, having a pipe in his car, you know, testing for cocaine, and um, just a lot of bullshit on John's side. A lot of things outside of the outside of the octagon that John's been getting in trouble for. So in the meantime, you know the UFC can't just uh, glorify and, and, and promote this kind of behavior. So obviously, Cormier—that's where Cormier comes in. You know, Cormier is the second best guy in the UFC. He's the second best light heavyweight, obviously, other than Gustafson. And Gustafson's the third best. But other than that, Cormier is just doing what he needs to do. He's fighting. He's defending. He's a great champion. He's a great role model. And, you know, his his status is one of the greatest of all time. Is You know, it's definitely earned. You know, obviously, you look at it stylistically. People want to think and people want to talk about this. Yeah, obviously, he lost to John twice. Technically lost once. Once with one no contest. One, he's 1-0 and with one no contest, basically. He is, but in reality, is that he failed the test. That fight was turned over, no contest. Obviously, what happened happened, and you know, it was a it was an unfortunate thing. It was an unfortunate thing. It was a it was something you know, obviously that John did, and he was punished for it. You know, the result happened. We all seen it as fight fans, but in the end, there's only so much we can do because the fact is that John. Um, failed his test and and he he um obviously he was um you know punished for it and he's been out ever since we haven't really heard too much on don returning other than maybe possibly a, a return a potential return at heavyweight which would be awesome too you know see john jones at heavyweight but you know he's really just got to get his drug problems under control so we don't know what's going to happen with john when it comes to that. So overall, I think Cormier is obviously one of the best of all time. So he definitely does deserve his status as one of the greats. Okay, staying with Cormier and all that, it is rumored that former UFC heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar is going to be in attendance at UFC 226 to you know shadow the main event between Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic. Obviously, like I said, we have a heavyweight division. The heavyweight division is, you know, obviously getting pretty stacked and all that. You know, a lot of very good fighters in there, and potentially on the uh, on route to having a title fight in the near future with Alexander Volkov, Curtis Blades. You know, obviously they got Francis Ngannou in the mix, Derek Lewis, all the best fighters in the heavyweight division still in. Obviously, a heavyweight division, but it was it was noted that for a while now, Dana White talked about something. The last big press conference, you know, the the winner of Cormier versus Stipe Miocic would fight Brock Lesnar. 
former UFC heavyweight champion Brock Lesnar will be in attendance and could possibly fight the winner. That's a huge deal for the UFC. You know, one of the biggest draws coming back, Brock Lesnar. I mean, former champion, um, Brock, having Brock back would be pretty interesting. So Cormier versus Brock Lesnar would be a crazy fight. Um, I mean, Brock's a huge draw. We've seen him time in and time again. You know, what Brock was able to do early on in his career, you know, beating the brakes off of Frank Mir. You know, becoming the the world champion with under ten fights. You know, even under nine fights. And Brock Lesnar, you know, he came in the UFC. Obviously, lost to Frank Mir. Came back, beat beat Heath Herring. You know, beat Randy Couture. He knocked out Randy Couture at the time, become the champion. And you know, he defended his title a couple times against Shane Carwin once. Um, and who else did he defend the belt against? But Brock defended the belt twice. But, you know, Brock, um, Brock is a, you know, physically, a physical specimen. He is a dangerous guy. He has huge power. You know, he's athletic as hell. He's fast as hell. And I do believe his WWE contract is set to expire or something like that. So what better time for Brock to return? Rather than when the UFC needs him the most, and the UFC needs, um, and the UFC needs obviously the biggest straws. I mean, you got Conor McGregor. You know, Ronda Rousey's retired. She's in WWE now, and you got Brock now, and you're constantly returning. So, what does that mean for the UFC? That's going to create a lot of huge draws for the UFC. That's going to create a lot of um, that's going to create a lot of uh, exciting, you know, waves definitely for the heavyweight division. You think Brock Lesnar, the heavyweight champion of the world in 2018/19? How crazy would that be? How massive would that be? That would be pretty fun. It's, it's, it's pretty exciting. I mean, we're in the era of super fights right now. You know, it's not. I mean, obviously, people want to talk about people who deserve it and all that. You know, there's people out there that do necessarily deserve these things, deserve the shot, deserve the title shots. But it's just a matter of what UFC's, uh, UFC, the WME, IMG company, they're all about what's going to get the most asses in the seats, what's going to get the most attention, what's going to have the most views, what's going to have the most people here, and what what's going to get the most people to watch. None other than Brock Lesnar. Throwing Brock Lesnar's name in the mix. That's going to create, definitely going to create waves. Definitely going to create some, some, some noise. And it's going to, it's going to be a huge draw for the UFC. It's going to be a huge, 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 uh, feather in the cap for the UFC if Brock gets to return. I mean, I thought he looked good against Mark Hunt. We haven't seen him in a couple years though. Cause he, you know, he came back and it's just, he was, he was dealing with the suspension. Obviously he failed his post-fight test. Post fight or pre fight test, and obviously he's he's been out ever since. Came back, won some money, went back to WWE, and he's rumored to come back. So it's an excellent it's an excellent fight if it comes down to it. Either Stipe versus Brock or Cormier versus Brock. 
that's why the UFC was talking about the interim shot, interim title fight at light heavyweight for Alexander Gustafson versus Luke Rockhold. That's why, because Cormier is going to be a little bit busy if successful against Zipe. Because after 226, there's going to be waves and waves and waves of questions and things. And a lot of exciting things that we really want to see. So with Brock coming back in the winner of Cormier versus Stipe, possibly fighting Brock. If it's Cormier, it's going to create a lot of, you know, it's going to, it's going to obviously keep him at heavyweight for a little bit of time to fight Brock Lesnar. To, to fight Brock Lesnar and obviously he has his division, the 205 pound division for Cormier. And obviously, he plans on going back down and defending his title and all that. But in the meantime, for Cormier, he has said that this will be his last year of fighting. I think 2019 or something like that. He's 39 years old. He did, he only has a little bit of time left. He said he wants to retire by 40 or something. So he just I think he's on his way to 39. He just turned 39 or something like that. So, you know, he wants to go out with a bang. He wants to make as, most, mu- as much money as possible before he retires. So, why why stop now? I mean, a fight with Lesnar would be big for Cormier. Big for Stipe. More, more bigger for Cormier because Stipe still has a few years. Good years, maybe a little bit longer than that. Years left. And now we got Brock Lesnar in the mix. So, Cormier can make a little bit more money fighting Brock Lesnar. So... That's my thoughts on that. Okay, up next. UFC middleweight champion Robert Whitaker is out with a broken hand. Broke his hand in the third round against his rematch. In his rematch with Yoel Romero at UFC 225, that leaves a little bit of shambles. It leaves the middleweight division a little bit of shambles. We have an interesting situation right now. We've got Chris Weidman, obviously, and we've got Kelvin Gaslam, who's also looked phenomenal since moving up to 185 pounds. You know, knockout wins over Tim Kennedy. Knocked out Michael Bisping. Um, beat Jacare. And, you know, he beat him. Obviously, it was a split decision, but, you know, he, he's been, he, he's looked phenomenal since being at 185 pounds. It looks like a, you know, obviously he's a future champion, you know. I've said that for a long time, either at 170 or 185, but he's looked absolutely amazing too. The argument is that, you know, Kelvin Gaslam's a top contender, obviously. Dana said that himself. But then you got Chris Weidman in the mix, who has been out with a thumb injury, you know, a ligament injury. So, that calls for what, what the fuck can happen? What's going to happen? Chris Weidman has an argument, you know, he, he finished, he beat him in his last fight, and he finished him, not only did he beat him, he finished him, Calvin Gossam lost Chris Weidman, so logically, the next fight should be Chris Weidman, because, ignore my phone notifications going on in the background, by the way, but Calvin Gossam arguably should, you know, fight one more time, maybe. But he's beating a lot of the top contenders. There's really no one else to beat. But in the meantime, the problem is middleweight champion is going to be out for a little bit. 
So regardless of who gets the shot next, no one, no, Robert's not going to be fighting for a while. So what are they going to do in the meantime? Are they going to rematch or something like that? Or what's going to go? What's going to go down? What's going to happen? That's what's interesting about it. Now, I don't know how soon Chris Weidman's going to return or anything like that, but definitely does have an argument to make after, you know, beating Kelvin Gaslam in his last fight, which was like maybe over a year ago in New York. But, you know, he has an argument to be made. Okay. Last but not least, former UFC heavyweight champion Josh Barnett formally announces his departure from the UFC. Due to USADA. You know, USADA made a mistake. He was out for over a year. He wasn't able to fight. He wasn't able to make a living because of a mistake due to USADA. Now, it took a long-ass time. It took over. It took over a little bit over a year. For him to come back, you know, obviously was cleared of all the anything, all the allegations made against him. Obviously, did pop before early, early on in these UFC days. But this is what goes on right now is due to a USADA, a USADA mistake. So with this USADA mistake, he was out for over a year. He wasn't able to fight. Wasn't able to compete because a mistake they made on their part. So a mistake that was made on their part cost him a year of his career so now he gets cleared he comes back but requests to be released from the ufc because of this incident with usada he doesn't want to deal with it you know it was a mistake from usada it was an unfortunate you know move on their part usada has messed up a lot of innocent people's careers and in, in, in a lot of ways and um and has messed everything up so he respectfully requests to be released from the UFC, which I have no problem with. You know, he's a former champion. He's a lot older. He's like 40 years old now. So, you know, he, he, he free sanction, do whatever the hell he wants now. Doesn't have to deal with USADA. That's one of the major factors of not being in the UFC. You don't have to deal with USADA. Good on his part. I'm glad for him. Formerly after the UFC. You know, he's done a lot in his career. You know, doesn't need to fight anymore. You know, he, he's been fighting for quite some time, for over 10 years. So. Whoa. But yeah, you know, like I said, he doesn't need to fight anymore. He's free to do whatever he wants, pro wrestling, whatever he feels is necessary. Other than that, you know, not nothing else to say about it. You know, he's a, good, he's a great fighter. You know, a lot of big wins in his career. You know, he's a former champion, and that's all I got to say about that. And just a reminder, today is really exciting. I can't wait for this. Ariel Hawani's MMA show. It is today. I've been waiting for this shit. So Ariel's lineup today. We got Stipe, Daniel Cormier, Max Holloway, Rose Namajunas, Brian Ortega, Leota Machida, Rampage, Derek Lewis, Josh Barnett, Sugar Rashad Evans, Leon Edwards, Kayla Harrison, and, and, and Brett Akimoto. 
on Ariel Hawani's MMA show, his debut show, his lineup show. For anybody that was worried about it, we're going to get more of Hawani, including me. I was having a heart attack for a second. Okay. This is exciting. I can't wait for this. It's going to be on live.twitter.com. Ariel's already bowing the top, the top charts. It was his MMA show, obviously. You know, he has a show with Chael Sonnen as well. But, you know, you get to see Ariel a lot more. It's basically the same thing as the MMA Hour. The MMA Hour returns today at 12 p.m. with Luke Thomas. But, 12 to 2, I think. But, yeah, it's nothing really. Nothing really too exciting when it's Luke Thomas. I mean, Luke Thomas is great, but MMA Hour is notably known for Ariel Hawani's show. So, I can't wait for that. But, um... Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got for today on episode 15 of Segments. Generally, these are supposed to be shorter than the actual episodes of the G. Meeker MMA Show. So more to come next week on the G. Meeker MMA Show, episode 146. I appreciate you guys all for joining us here on this episode. Um, Like I said, you guys follow my new fan page at Gabriel C. Meeker on Instagram at Gabriel C. Meeker exactly at G. Meeker MMA on Instagram at G. Meeker MMA on Twitter as well. Snapchat if you have it at G. Meeker underscore MMA and we will be back next week. Promise you guys. Had fun today. It was a great show. I mean, two shows, two, two shows in a row. Excited, and we'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen. We're all full. We're all empty for this week. We have nothing left for this week unless something comes up. So, like I said, I'm excited. I'm happy that we're on iHeartRadio now. You can find us on iHeartRadio. Just go to the podcast tab and search up the G Meeker Mermaid Show. Subscribe, follow, and you get the latest episodes all updated right when they're uploaded. And you know, we don't have to wait any, a certain amount of time. Now that we're on iHeartRadio, we can. We can be, you know, I, I almost forgot about that. I'm so excited. I'm so stoked about that. But now we get the opportunity to broadcast to people who, you know, it's a different platform. It's a different kind of platform rather than this, just a normal podcasting app. It's a different platform and I can't wait for it. I'm excited. So iHeartRadio, search up the Jimmy Kermit Show, follow us, support us, like us, give us reviews, everything we need, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back next week. G-Meeker MMA out, baby. Thanks to Anchor Radio. Thanks to CastBox. Thanks to everybody that has a podcast on there. We'll be back next week. Promise. G-Meeker MMA out, baby. One last time.